So the big question is this, how are real estate investors who don't have a ton of free time, don't have access to off-market deals, and didn't start life on third base, how do we grow a real estate business conservatively to support our families, finally leave the corporate rat race and build a legacy? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Ed Matthews, and this is Real Estate Underground. This is the Real Estate Underground podcast show number 27. Hello, Real Estate Undergrounders. This is Ed Matthews. Welcome to the podcast. Today is a very special show. I've got Chris Prefontaine here. He is a three-time best-selling author of the Real Estate on Your Terms, The New Rules of Real Estate Investing, and with Monica Sawyer, Real Estate Investing for Women. He's also the founder and CEO of SmartRealEstateCoach.com, as well as the host of Smart Real Estate Coach Podcast. Chris, I've been a big fan of your podcast for many years now, and it's wonderful to have you on the show. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ed, and thanks for being a fan. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. I tell people that they say, oh, I listen to your podcast. I'm like, oh, so you're the one. All right, cool. Nice to meet you, buddy. <laughs> right? So, Chris, uh, welcome to the show. You know, I, like I said, I've been following you for quite some time, but for those folks out there that are just getting to know you, why don't you tell us a little bit about your business? And you've been doing this for a long time, about 30 years by my count. Wow. Yeah. Why don't you tell people how you got here? Sure. Yeah. This September will be 31 years. So I dated myself there, but I started back in the early nineties, really with the itch when I was younger, cause I hung around my father who had a welding supply business, but he would go out and build his own buildings, brick and mortar. And then when I was really young, I think I was probably, I don't know, eight, nine or 10. He said how he would lease them back to himself. You'd build them in the company, lease them back. And of course, as a kid, I didn't get that. Cause right. you're the same person, but it was really cool. What he did. I rubbed elbows with some of his contacts that would flip land and do things like that on the side. Cause they all had companies that were running, right. uh, but that got me the itch. And then this is not a political thing. Cause back in the eighties, it didn't exist, but I read Trump's out of the deal back then. It was right. cool. I, I remember I was in a one bedroom apartment, just got married. It was pretty neat. So from then I touched upon building, built hundreds of homes. Then I went off and bought a realty executives franchise here from New England. They're down the Cape. I think those guys are still there actually oh, yeah. in those franchises. Sure. Yeah. Great group of guys, by the way, I'll give them a plug, but I built that with one thing in mind that I was never a broker. I, I built that with one thing in mind to sell it. And I sold to Coldwell Banker in 2000, started coaching realtors around us and Canada, mostly million dollar and up producers. Cause I was just appalled at how unorganized they were. Like they were a mess. They had no lifestyle. They were just running on a treadmill. Right. That led me to the crash of 08. And I had going on during the crash, I had commercial property. I had single family it, it, condominium conversions, everything. And I got wrecked. So coming out of that, and it took four years, I didn't file bankruptcy like everybody told me to, I dug my way out. But for four years, like it was grueling. As I look back now, I dug out like workouts, foreclosures, selling a few where I could because the value dropped so much. Like it was ugly. And the main thing we come out of that with is why and how we're operating today to fast forward 30 years. And that is, I got crushed because I signed personally on deals and I was over leveraged, two mistakes. And so now we buy on terms as the book implies that you've read the title on. Yep. And there was no way we were going, I was going back to signing personally, raising money and all that crap, because frankly, it kept me up at night. Now we control about 80 or so million in real estate. I am not on and won't be on one single loan ever. And so we control all those properties by owner financing, subject to existing financing or lease purchase, all of them. When I say we, sorry, I should have quantified. It's myself, my son-in-law and my son in New England, mm -hmm. mostly Connecticut, Mass, Rhode Island. And then we teach the same exact thing in the field with students. We call them associates all over the country. So we're doing deals with them. As you know, that's a big difference. Like 
Absolutely. You can go to a seminar and then you go out and you go, ah, oh, I didn't know this happened. So we do it with them and we were on their shoulder. So that's a lot. So if you want me to go back to any of that, I can go back to some of that more detail. Um, so I'd like to drill into the, you know, when you say buying on terms, right? So let's talk about that a little bit. You touched on two different things, owner financing and lease options, right? Let's talk about owner financing first. Owner finance is my favorite. And I didn't tell you to ask me that first. So this is good. I told you earlier, I was sitting in my building, my office building here. Sometimes yeah. I'm at home doing these. And we bought this owner financing. Who do we look for to target for owner financing? Free and clear owners. Right. So unlike some of the other things I'll talk about maybe later in the show, the free and clear, they're not stressed. Presumably they would have pulled money out if they had needed money. So right. we look for people that are free and clear, no mortgage. We then structure principal only payments like 98% of the time with these owners, principal only. So think about that for a recession sort of hedge, right? It's never proof, but recession hedge as you hammer down principal with every penny you're paying every month. So that's how we like to buy owner financing. Now, this building, let me just throw a curveball. This building broke the mold a little bit because we also don't usually put money down. But as such, we have to pay the seller's closing costs. You can't expect them no money down. And oh yeah, by the way, pay your own closing cost. I mean, this is crazy. So we pay that. But this building, I said that to the owner who was a land, big landowner in the area. He was an investor. Mm -hmm. And he said, no interest. I want five point, whatever it was at the time, five and a half point percent interest. So what we came up with is a hybrid deal, which I think is pretty cool. I did principal only in a small down payment for about 18 months. So I hammered down the principal. And then we took that balance and amortized it at like 5.2. That was a good four years ago now, actually. Going on five years. So it was a phenomenal deal for both of us. He's since passed, but I still pay his wife. Yep. And that's how we prefer to do it. Can you imagine, you know, this going through a commercial underwriting is just like, it would have really sucked. So that it's just, I don't think there's any other way to do it, but on a finance, that's my favorite type of deal. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. So I do want to talk about that a little more, but let's talk about lease options first, and then we'll get back to owner financing. Yeah, so lease options, great. The opposite of that deal, I just explained, lease options, great for new people or newer people. Most of my students I find doing these first and I'll explain why. And then they kind of pivot to some more advanced deals. It's more of a comfort level and a fair when they're new because right. at least purchase all our agreements that are built with a $10 deposit, first of all. So they go, okay, well, I can do that. Second of all, no deed transfers. So I'll tie a property up with a seller. Let's say it's you with a lease purchase. And in that lease purchase, I have the right to a couple of things. And one, I lean the property with a notice of option. So now I have equitable interest and now I can sell it. Right. And then I put in that property, a rent home buyer. And so I'm controlling it. And I'm also controlling the money, which on every deal we do that we, you and I will talk about today, every exit is a three payday deal. We trademarked this in the United States. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about that. So let, let's it's really on. cool. Be, yeah. It's really cool because I don't care if you're in the restaurant business, like whatever you do as an entrepreneur, think of cash now, like you do a deal, you get cash right away. Great. Right. Then you get cash monthly. And then you get cash like two, three, four, five, 10, 20 years down the road. That's an ideal cash flow model, if you ask me. And I needed cash like I needed water when I came out of the crash. So, so that's how it kind of came about organically. And then we trademarked it. Okay. Well, fantastic. And so let's go back to the owner financing. So can you tell sure. me a little bit more about how you get an owner to buy into letting you buy the property for no money down or at least covering closing costs? And then- principal only, which is the thing that piqued my interest the most. Tell me more about that. Yeah. I'll give you two examples. I try to answer these questions on the shows with like deals we do. Right. So it's not right. a theory. Yeah. So because you're from New England, I had a house in Auburn, Massachusetts, 
this house is about to close while I use it. And this guy called and said, Hey, you don't remember me, but my dad had passed and you called me on an expired listing at the time. And my son, Nick and I went and at the time, his ears, his brothers and sisters didn't want to do terms. I understand that they wanted to close out the estate. He said, I don't know if you remember. I say, I remember you. He said, I have one house left. I'm leaving to South Carolina. Like this phone call was like on a Wednesday or Thursday. He was leaving the following week. I got this one house left. Can you come do that owner financing thing? We want to talk to you. I was like, okay. Nick and I went and sat on his front porch and here was the exact conversation. Essentially, how much were you on for with the agent that you couldn't sell? 219 ish. Okay. When you were on with the agent, what did you think you were going to net? He did some thinking. He said, ah, around 183.9. He had a number in his head. I said, okay, we'll pay you 183.9 and we'll do that by paying you monthly principal payments. We came up with like $923 for monthly in principal. He agreed right there on the porch. He left. We did the deal remotely and we've extended that deal several times since then with him. He's quite happy to keep getting the cash flow. And then finally it's sold and we'll be closing that thing out, I think in the month of July, actually. But let me tell you a really cool punchline. I mentioned the three paydays earlier, right? Yep. When you do a free and clear property, I'll give you three or four metrics that are six figures every time. And it's not like we do these every month. We don't, I, you know, they're like every now and then. Full disclosure. So this one, the metrics are this. If you can buy a house for around 200 grand, this was 183 and it worked, but 200 grand or higher, not higher than New England, right? In most areas, you can structure at least four-year terms of principal only and your payments are around 900 and higher. You then just created with the three paydays, six figures. This deal, this now this is going to blow your mind. This deal started at like 118 for projected profit with four years. Yep. We've extended it several times. I think this turned into like a seven-year deal. That's a whole other discussion for another day. Okay. But we profited on this deal, 188 grand. We bought it for 183. So I want you to think about this. 188 grand on this deal is closing in July. It's just crazy. Because of the markup. Sure. Because of the principal pay down, the house is really, really, really paid down. Right. And because of the spread on the other paydays we created throughout the last six or seven years. Sure. So if that doesn't get people thinking, I'm not sure what would. <laughs> my, you got my wheels turning for sure. Yeah. How did you figure this out? Uh, the three paydays in general? Yeah. Well. This is a really unique approach, right? Yeah. I started doing sort of a lease purchase and then I called it an AO where I would assign it out. I would find you the seller, this tenant buyer, if you will. And then I'd assign it to you. I get one check and I'd leave. Then I started saying, wait a minute, this is kind of crazy. I feel like I'm a realtor or a flipper. Right. Or like I did for the last, at that time, I said to myself, I did this for the last 18 years. Why do I, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to get off the treadmill. So then I figured out, why don't I stay in the middle here? Instead of passing this buyer back to the seller, why don't I just stay in the middle, collect the difference? Better yet, why don't I buy or control the property and take all the money? So that was upfront payday would be the buyer comes into the door and they give you a down payment. They got it. They got to be a buyer, not a renter. Right. They're just waiting to get financing, right? And then the spread is I collect X for my buyer. In this case, with that example, it's 1500 but I was paying the, the sell at 923 or whatever it was. Yep. And then as I paid 923 a month, it was hammering principal. So at the very end, seven years later, times 923 a month, that was some serious principal pay down. And then, of course, I marked the house up. So it just kind of organically came about. It's not like I woke up one day and said, ah, I got this cool thing I want to do. It just organically came about. And then we said, we better trademark this. And we did. Outstanding. Outstanding. So you had a background, you know, obviously you could have gone into any sort of business, right? Given your background, what really drew you to real estate? Like what was it that created that passion and lit that fire for you? 
what did and what still does this is a good question ed is the deals are never the same i said to my wife i'm 56 when the deals start getting boring i'm out of here i have a very short attention span with that stuff like seriously get bored if i'm not like intrigued yep. so we have students bringing us deals we partner with them when i said earlier associates we yep. do the deals with them and they rev share until they're on their own and then we have myself my son-in-law zach and my son nick who we do our own deals here and I can tell you that there's really no two or three deals that are the exact same, right? They all, now I'm not mean in a good way, like in a bad way too, like the curveballs come at you. Sure. And so I love the intrigue of creating deals. I always call it in the book, I called it kind of like transaction engineer. You're like, you're always right. moving pieces around and right. it's mostly math, which I also enjoy. So yeah. that's, I think the short answer, I, that's the biggest intrigue for me. Yeah. I'm a, I'd rather play chess with these deals rather than checkers, right? Yeah. Um, I too have that same, call it ADD, entrepreneurial ADD, right? Where <laughs> it's interesting that every deal is different. Every day is different. And it causes me to actually think I left corporate America, you know, four or five years ago, having done this on the side for about 10 years. And I got to the point where I would stand in front of a crowd and basically mentally press audio one. And I'd do a 45 minute speech on whatever we were trying to sell them. And then I'd sit down and not even recall what I had said. And I yeah. thought, man, I got to get out of this. I got I to go do something that's going to get my juices flowing. Yeah, that's like poking a pencil in your eye, that one. I, I uh, sharp stick in the eye, exactly right. Yeah. Yep, yep. Man. Obviously, you've had quite a bit of experience and you're a mentor to a lot of your students. In terms of your coaches, who are some of the coaches that you've leveraged over the years and what's the best advice you've given? Frankly, who gave it to you? It's all over the board with real estate because a lot of it was books. And then when I was going to the crash, I literally was spent mentally. I was not in the space. The mental game is a lot more than people think. So when I got beat up in 08, I just for four years beat myself up and said, it, might, it must have been me. No, it was the freaking national market. And I beat myself up. So economic apocalypse, for God's sake. Yeah. And I, but I was like, oh, it must be me. I can't do this. So it was stupid, but it took me four years to get out of it. So humbly, I would just start looking on the internet and on YouTube and I would run into lease purchase. I would run into owner financing. I would run into subject two. We've done a lot in Connecticut like that, yeah. but never really put it all together. So I just started tinkering, like I said, with us, with what I coined as a sign out, some people call it flipping contracts, but then I started just falling into it. So no one person stood out a lot of books and a lot of YouTube, right. but that's why I'm big today at on like, we'll give your tribe because you're in New England. As I told you earlier off here, a couple gifts, because I want people to be free until they go, okay, I don't want any more shiny objects. I like this. Here's why I like it. Now let's go. I don't want people buy in and be pissed off. Right. I want them to really, so, because that's how I learn. So that's what we'll do at the end of the show here too. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. And I'm sure our audience will love that. Buying investment real estate is both thrilling and sometimes stressful. Without a lending expert by your side, most investors don't stand a chance. That's where CT Rea Funding comes in. CT Rea Funding was founded by investors to help investors just like you fund their deals. Whether you're buying a single family rehab, an apartment building, or really any investment property, our team will understand your deal and help you close quickly. Go to ctreiafunding.com or call us at 860-876-0572. That's a big thing, right? Is you go from being the, your own guinea pig, right? To learning and actually building the system. And then the way that you continue to grow is you serve other people, right? 100%. People say, well, why do you coach? Because if you do so many deals, because we keep doing deals. Yeah, I love doing deals with my son and son-in-law. And until you coach, you don't get it. Like I've certified some of our students to coach and they go, now I get it. 
because right. two things happen. One is you sharpen your sword. You can't coach and not get better. It's impossible. You get questions thrown at you. You sometimes have to research it. And I'm always trying to stay one, two, five, ten 10 steps ahead of the student. So number one, you're always getting better. Number two, there is something intriguing about working with student X and seeing them go from A to Z. Like that's really satisfying it. Yeah. And that's like, like you can't replace that. Our purpose for our company, by the way, we have values that we live by and our purpose is to empower individuals and families to live the life of their dreams. So we're con- this is not about doing a deal. This is like a whole lifestyle change, in my opinion. And one of the things that we talk about here at CT Re is getting very clear on why you're doing this, right? Because it's, yeah. not, it's not easy. It's very straightforward. And there are systems out there, much like yours or the one that I operate or some of my partners. But the thing is, is that if it were easy, everybody would do it. Right. 100%. So getting super clear, crystal clear on why you're doing this gets you through the hard times, right? Because there are days when you wake up and Lehman Brothers is declaring bankruptcy and the economy's going off the cliff. Yeah. And it takes you a little bit of time to lick your wounds. But when you get back into it, you're getting back into it for the same reason, right? Is, you know, I agree. Problem or serve a community or whatever your why is. I agree. I'll get messages. I have a core group, a higher level group, like our highest level students, 12 of them report to me nightly with a voice text. That's part of what I require them to do because yep. I want to hear them. I don't want them to text me. I want to hear their challenges. Right. So whenever they say, well, I didn't get to my calls or I didn't do this, I immediately go right to my files and look at their why. And if I don't have it clear in my head, I say, hey, resend me your why because something's missing. You're not truly living up to your why or you wouldn't be telling me you missed your freaking simple three calls or whatever it is, you know? Right. Because it's not a nice to have, it's a must, right? You must be able to, you must do the things you need to do in order to fulfill that why. And that's why it's so essential to get clear on why the heck you're even getting up in the morning and doing what you do and what I do and what our members do. If you're not clear on that, then it gets really difficult to- The grind. Yeah. It's a grind and it shouldn't be. Right. Because you're working towards an ultimate goal, right? Awesome. You've mentioned a couple of times, and I see behind you a whole stack of books. I suspect a couple of them are yours, but most of them are not. So Correct. Um, what are you reading these days, and how do you consume information? Are you a podcast guy? Do you read a lot? Audible? How do you do it, and what do you do? little of everything. This is a good one, too, since everything has changed, right? I love the hard copy book when I'm sitting on a stationary bike, for example. Yep. But when I'm doing something, I watch a lot of videos on YouTube for workouts that way, Heather Robinson in particular. So when I'm doing that, I'll have the headset on, I'll be on Audible. A couple of things that come to mind, I'm always reading a book that's relevant to now. So people say, what's your favorite book? I depends what week it is, right? Right. So right this second, I just got done. We have a partner we brought on our company. He built the largest fitness brand in the world, Peter Taunton. Wow. About a year and a half, I might maybe it's even two years ago, he became a partner of the company, loved us so much. I just met him on a podcast like this. We became friends and he's really wanted to buy into our concept. So he has a book called Take the Hill. It's an awesome yeah. little book. He's a Forbes instructor now because he sold a company. Get this, he sold a company twice and he still owns a piece of that fitness company, but he sold it twice for over 40 million pieces of it. So, right. so 80 plus million. So kind of a good book to read. So Take the Hill. The other one I thought was really good for any listener is uh, Shoe Dog. The whole yeah, Nike story and Phil Knight. Absolutely. It's crazy. I've done it twice, once written and once audible. Those are just two that come to mind, but this is a bunch of just whatever space you're in, 
go on to Amazon or with Audible or whatever and find out where that next step is for you. That's what I do. And so it's never one favorite book. It's that was my favorite at the time. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, what's the next step? And one of the questions that I'm getting a lot from folks that I talk to in my travels is around the next step in terms of the economy, right? I mean, we're coming off of a tremendous market, ridiculously good market right here, especially here in the Northeast, but it's changing, right? I mean, interest rates are not creeping up. They're actually jumping up. Crazy. And uh, yeah. And, you know, everybody's waiting for the next thing to fall and that's going to start to be here in Connecticut. And I assume in your area in Rhode Island that the markets are starting to slow we're not in correction territory by any stretch, but they're certainly right. getting slow. The folks that are worried about fear of missing out on this run-up are starting to throw their houses out on the market, and that starting to create some inventory, which has been lacking over the last two years for sure. But I'm curious, right. one of the things that a lot of people are asking me is, is now the right time? And I have my thoughts. I'm curious what your thoughts are in terms of timing the market and when's the right time and where do you think this is all going? Yeah, I'm smiling because this is like the biggest thing I want to talk about, right? Here's my, I was going to say sarcastic, but it's not. It's my accurate take on it. That is, I know people, a couple of doctor friends in particular from Worcester County, since you're in New England, who have been saying to my wife and I for maybe five years. Yeah, four or five years. I'm waiting for a correction. I'm waiting, 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 right. waiting. Really what you want to do, in my opinion, is you want to get really good at what I talked about earlier with the deal structuring and the engineering of a deal. Yep. So that no matter what the market does, this is precisely what we designed coming out of the crash. It took us to meet me till 12. And then we built what we have today. And that was a niche, a system of three paydays in particular, but a niche that can thrive in all markets. Now I'm not saying it's easy in every market. It was tough when houses were popping. We had to find those niches like those free and clears, et cetera. But I'm saying be able to recognize, okay, I need to pivot over here now as it changes up. I need to pivot over to this pond to find sellers. In my opinion, when you get good at that and then know how to deal structure, which we do ad nauseum, like we've got like 150 of them posts on YouTube so that you get good at knowing how to pivot with each deal. That, in my opinion, will let you do deals all the time, forever in every market because it's not going to stop changing. You and I can have this conversation probably in nine months and talk about another little tweak in another nine months, another little tweak and 10 years, a whole different tweak. So get good at deal structuring. As far as my opinion on where it's going to go, the billionaires don't know. So, and if you and I knew, we certainly wouldn't be on our podcast, right? We both are on podcast, but I think it's going to, yeah, <laughs> I think it's doing what exactly you said in my area too. We're close and that is it's slowing down. I love it because now my students and us are getting properties easier than they were when everything was flying. Right. So I welcome it. I applaud it. I tell you what's happening though. Rates went up what in 120 days, almost double, which is insane. My son-in-law was looking for a house and my daughter, and it was 3.1. They were going to lock in. It took them a while. They locked into like 6.1. Crazy. Oh, no, 5 point something. Eight. Yeah. So why am I bringing that up with respect to your question? The hundreds of thousands of buyers now get pushed to the sidelines. And if you're in our niche, you now can help them. They need a guide big time because they're going, they're like, some of them are distant heart and thinking, I'm done. I can't buy a house. No, you can you need to go through our system to do it on terms. And then, so as a result, what are the sellers doing? They're bombing because like you said, they're all like, oh, well, I better hurry. So now they're panicking. They're not getting the demand. Right. Now we start to see the frenzy in our niche of this is easier pickings. We have to talk to less people now to do deals, but do we know how to structure them? It's all it is, in my opinion. I, I don't know if you agree with that, but. I do. I think if you can figure out, you know, one of the things that we always advocate, whether you're buying single family or multifamily, or even if you're flipping, right? 
in my company, Clark Street, when we go to flip a property, we're looking at it from, you know, a rental point of view, even, you know, if the world ends, if Lehman Brothers declares bankruptcy again, to use that example, can we turn around after we're done fixing this and rent it and still at least break even or near break even so that we don't come? So when we're going into deals like that, we're looking at it from any number of exits. So I'm seeing a lot more flexibility these days. One of the things that it had intrigued me about your system was the idea of being able to weather, regardless of what the economic situation is, being able to weather a downturn uh, as right. well as the advantage of an upswing like the one we've experienced over the last couple of years. But right. I advocate anybody that'll ask, make sure that any building you buy, whether you're flipping it or you're renting it long-term, that it cash flows from as close to day one as humanly possible. You never know when the music stops. You want to be the guy sitting in the chair, not the one running around in circles looking for one, right? Yeah. And if you have, you brought up something interesting. You made me think of a few things. But one is, if you have rentals now, anyone listening, I have students that come to me and go, hey, I love your system. Teach me. But oh, by the way, I have these four rentals. And we've shown them how to convert those to the three paydays. Or they might have a comfort level of saying, hey, I just want to keep these two rentals, but let's convert these two to three paydays. So be thinking outside the box with that. And you'll get real good at being able to pivot. And to your point, have options. You're not stuck. Right. Yeah. And that's what we talk about at CT Ria as well as at Clark Street, my company. The fact is that you've got to take what the market gives you, right? And yeah. sometimes, yeah. you know, it's a system like yours that will allow you to generate capital. I suspect that your system works in pretty much any economic situation. It's just yeah. which lever to pull and which wheel to spin, right? But Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So nevertheless, the fact is, is that we need to be very careful with how we approach each deal and get pretty creative in terms of making sure that we're managing the downside. So I always joke, I'm an Irishman, right? So I think in mushroom clouds on the horizon and we plan for that. And then when <laughs> they don't, when they don't arrive, we're pleasantly surprised and we're a little more profitable than we expected. Right. But we plan for the Love it. clouds, right? Good and stuff. Yeah. As always, I've really enjoyed our time together. So I'm curious about your program and if someone wants to find out more about what you do and the services you provide, or if they just want to learn more about you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? I'm going to do two things again, because of our closeness geographically. One is you can always just go to the website, smartrealestatecoach.com. You can hit the contact button, but because we're so close, here's what I want to do that we talked about. One is I'll give you a link directly to a screen. that will just ask you for your address. Remember, you know, the offers that say, Hey, you get my free book. Right. And then you go and they go, but the shipping six or eight bucks, give me a credit card. Well, I won't do that. I promise we're going to ship them for free. You'll get the hard copy, hardcover, bestseller, real estate on your terms. And we throw some goodies in there too. You just go to wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash underground. So wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash underground. And that's for Ed's tribe for the show only. And then I haven't done this. And I said to you just on a whim before the show that I would do this. So we have a link that I usually use on my podcast and it's for special times where we have an event coming up and we're going to be live for the first time since 19, believe it or not, in the, wow. in the ballroom. So we're going to be back in the ballroom in Rhode Island. We can't wait because it's so much better in person. Yeah. And that's September 14th and 15th. The link, I'm going to give you the link, but I'm going to give you an 80% off. The website is just QLS, qlslive.com. If you want to see, it's literally in construction. You'll see my son and some others feature on there, but it'll get built out. But if you want a ticket for literally 20 bucks, just go to smartrealestatecoach.com forward slash podcast 20, 20 bucks. I'd love you guys. I don't care if you're not from England. I want you to come, but if you're from New England, gosh, you can jump in a car. 
and spend a couple of days with us, I guarantee you'll consider it time well spent. So smartrealestatecoach.com forward slash podcast 20. Wow, that's amazing, Chris. Thank you so much. I guarantee it. Well, I'm, I know I'll be there. And, well, I was going to say, I'll get you a VIP ticket for sure. I'm writing that down as we speak and you can bring a few you. people with you. Thank you. Yeah, we'll make sure that. Uh, so we're actually rolling out a new London County as far as expanding CT RIA. Nice. And so we'll make sure that everybody and their brother knows about. I love it. About, about appreciate this. that. That's a short pop. Awesome. I appreciate it. And yeah, we'll do some things together as we talked about. I look forward to it. Yeah, same here. So Chris Pree, thank you so much for your time today. Great to finally meet you. And I'm looking forward to reading your books. I'm going to be signing up a little later this afternoon and definitely looking forward to seeing you in September, if not sooner. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you having me. This has been the Real Estate Underground Podcast, a CT RIA presentation. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends. If there's a specific topic you want us to cover, post it in the comments. For more information on the Real Estate Underground Podcast or CT RIA, go to realestateundergroundpodcast.com or ctria.com. Until next time, happy investing.